0: okay 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 how y'all doing y'all good huh all right let's just get a little temperature in the room real quick how's this section doing you good that was pretty good you guys are normally the troublemakers so that was not bad not bad how are y'all doing right here right here in the middle yeah all right come on what's up what's up left side You're still the troublemakers. I, you know, you see, you were off to a good start there, off to a good start. Hey, listen, if it's your first time here today, I'm so glad you're here. My name is Craig, and my wife, Patty, she was up here a minute ago. We get to pastor this church together, and it's just so much fun, and really, I'm... We're honored that you even come and are a part of this and listen and learn and grow. Thanks for letting us be your pastors. I, I really mean that. Um, even those people, those yahoos, they're like traveling and stuff, but let's say hi to them anyway. Hey, there's a bunch of people watching online. Will you put your hands together and help me welcome the rest of our family? Man, we're glad you guys are here. YouTube, Facebook, church online platform. Woohoo, way to go, way to go. Now, right off the bat, how many of you remember when June 3rd is? No, Nobody? June 3rd? June 3rd, just to get us all up to speak. June 3rd is the day right after June 2nd. It's two, this is crazy, this is crazy, check this out. It's two days after June 1st. Did you know this stuff? I. Know, it's crazy, it's crazy. But now that you know where June 3rd is, hey men, we're doing a conversations, a men's conversation gathering on June 3rd, which is the day after June 2nd, because we established that. Okay, and uh, so sign up, pull out your phone app, sign up for that, and uh, just come be a part. It's, we have a great time talking, hanging out, eating some food and stuff like that. It's all, it's all good. Now, I'm getting ready to tell you a little story, paint a little picture, and only 95% of you are going to know, I mean, only 5% of you are going to know what I'm talking about. 95% of you are too young for this story. So I need to paint a little picture for you, because back in the 70s, we as a family got our First, yay, verily, color TV. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. And just so you know, like kids nowadays, let me just say, if you're in that 95% that have no idea what I'm talking about, um, they'll say things like, there's just nothing on to watch. I grew up in a day when we said there's nothing on to watch. Literally, there was nothing on the TV. Te- like they shut the channels off at midnight. Does anybody remember this? They just like like you watching something it's just done, gone. And we only had. There was no streaming device. This was pre DVD, pre VCR, pre VCR, pre streaming. This is before Al Gore invented the internet. All the way back then, and and we only had. Count them one. Two, three. three channels. Some of you are aware, and there wasn't, no, let me just let, us <laughs> be clear about this. Them three channels were not 4K. No. <laughs> they wasn't 3K. There was no K in it. It was just like, it, it didn't come from a cable. It came from, anybody remember these things? Rabbit, rabbit ear antennas. We're not talking about rabbits today, but rabbit ear antennas. And I was the youngest one in the home, and so my job was... To adjust the, I mean, that was just, it's just like, that's how it was the younger you were. And so my dad would sit there, and for those of you who don't know, there's these metal things that would come off the back of the TV, and you'd move them around to find the airwave to catch this channel or whatever. And my dad would sit there and he'd be like, nope, a little to the left, nope, nope, left, 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 oh, hold it right here. No, no, back to the right, back to the right, back. No, no. And then he would get frustrated and say, go to the kitchen and get me some. Oh, tin foil, aluminum foil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys know this stuff is awesome. Okay, okay. So I was a young boy, so I do the aluminum foil on the rabbit ear in tennis, pick up the channel, and we would watch this show that changed my life. The show was called Mutual of Omaha Presents Wild Kingdom with your host, Marlon Perkins. Yes, Back then, they used to name people Marlin. Anyway, but this show, I know most of you don't watch the show. It's just not on, but it, it, back then, it was this animal show. Nowadays, there's like a bazillion shows like this, but back then, with only three channels, this was a big time, and I loved it. I remember sitting there with my dad, and we would just watch these animals because it was like, you know, Animal Kingdom, and I mean, I went to the zoo. I liked the zoo. I liked the animals, but those animals in the zoo, they're, they're not tame, but let's be honest, they're a little domesticated. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're stuck in that cage. Their freedom's been stripped. But watching Mutual of Omaha, I got to see lions hunt down, track down a zebra and rip its throat out. I was like, yes. I was like, yes. And then to help my virginity stay intact, my dad made me watch Wilderbeast Mate. And so that fixed everything, right? There was no problems after that. But watching all these, that was funnier than you think it was. Some of you don't know whether to laugh at that joke or not. You're like, I don't know. This is shirt. Um, he said, okay, anyway, so we would watch these shows, and I would learn so much about animals. I really did. And animals are one of those universal things. Like, it doesn't matter what country you're in, we're aware of, like, we all have different animals for our countries, right? But even though we might not have giraffes here, we're aware of giraffes. Animals are a beautiful universal illustration that helps us understand a little bit more about us. And I think God did it that way on purpose. If they say, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, then I think a living animal is probably worth about two million words. You know, just the things that you can learn from them about us. And you might say, well, Craig, that's kind of cheesy. That's kind of cheesy. Okay, well, then um, um, that's what Jesus did. Jesus compared and and put attributes of animals on people all the time. He called people He talked about animals like foxes and serpents and doves and goats and sheep and oh so much more you know no lions and tigers and bears but nonetheless all these different animals and he was always teaching different attributes of them and so that's what we're going to do this series we're going to look at different animals four different animals today is the buffalo next week is the bear and then we'll talk about the eagle and then we'll talk about an ant and they're all in scripture and to help you with the the theme or whatever we got little fun stickers just for kicks and giggles you know you don't have to have one but they're kind of cool and you can get one every week the different and stick them on your Water bottle, everybody's got a water bottle nowadays, right? You just, no, just me. I cover my water bottle with stickers. I'm silly like that. Okay, you know, everybody needs like a gold star. It just makes me feel good, even if I'm giving it to myself. Good job, Craig. Okay, so I'm reading my Bible, doing my devotions a few months ago, and I came across the scripture, and I've read it before, but it never really resonated with me like this. Psalm 92 says this, but you've made me strong as a charging bison. Now, let me just say this. God made you. Put your name in there instead of me. God made Craig strong as a charging bison. Or if you know bison, buffalo, we're going to use those kind of together today, same thing. Um, I, I know you can talk to me later about how the, no, only America has bison and the buffalo over there and they're just distant cousins, and blah, 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 blah. blah. Today, we're just gonna buffalo and bison. Buffalo are kind of, in our country, they've really been attached to the American Indian, right? The Native American Indian, because they're from the plains and all that, and that's cool. But buffalo have just become an American icon animal of just about freedom, right? We they even have that song, Oh, give me a home where the get shot because they go through Mississippi. All right, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so buffaloes and everything. I mean, we've got you've got the buffalo nickel, the buffalo nickel. You got buffalo soldiers. You got uh, buffalo bills. You've got buffalo wild wings. I mean, buffaloes everywhere. (laughs) Buffalo is good. Buffalo are amazing creatures. Get this. Buffalo can weigh up to 2000 pounds. Just to put that in perspective, the average horse weighs about 1000. Okay? Check this out. Buffalo can run at a charge of 35 miles an hour. You say, "Well, how fast is that?" We all, and these are all diff- these are all averages, but like the human they say runs about 8 miles an hour, you know, give or take, whatever, if you're really good at it. Um, eight miles an hour and, and then you have a horse that runs you would say oh that's gotta be fun. horse runs about 30 miles an hour a buffalo weighs twice as much as a horse and can run faster than it that's crazy cool and they also have this eyesight okay so you've all seen buffalo walk like this? you know they do that head wag nobody you should really tune into Mutual of Omaha Presents. It's just, it's cool. Um, but they walk and they kind of wag their head. The reason they're doing that, it's not because they're, they're dizzy or drunk. They're not drunk. Um, they, they have eyes on the side of their head. So when they're walking and they do this, they're looking all around them. A buffalo can see almost 360 degrees around them. That's cool, right? They can run fast, they can swim, they can jump fences and all kinds of stuff. And here's one of the cool things about buffalo buffalo they sense a storm is coming and check this out when they sense a storm is coming they're the one animal that turns towards the storm and runs into it because they know that if they run into it they will spend less time in the storm than any other animal now their cousin their cousin their cousin Right is the domestic cow, the domesticated cow, and the cows do the exact opposite. The cows will send, see a sense of storm coming, and they tur- herd up together. I said "turd" and "herd" like "turd," but I didn't mean that. So just erase that. They herd up together, and they turn away from the storm and try to outrun it. Now, how many have ever seen a cow run? <laughs> Anybody? Maybe like. Two people, the reason the rest of you haven't seen a cow run, because they don't do it very often. And when they do do it, they ain't fast. And that storm, every single time, will catch up with them and overtake them. But now that cow, because it chose to herd and run, spends more time in the storm than even an animal that would stand still like the exact opposite approach isn't that fascinating i think that's i think that's crazy and i think i think this verse that we just read you know god make me like a charging bison is saying hey sweetheart don't be a cow <laughs> some of you can encourage your spouse this week with those words just look at him and say stop being a cow or heifer you can say that stop being no don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But this verse is saying, hey, listen, be, be a charging bison. It's, it's, I, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says, hey, be like a cow, or God made me like a cow. That would be utterly ridiculous. It means dad jokes. I'm telling you, dad jokes all day long. All right. All day. Okay, so... <laughs> I always say, if nobody else is going to have fun, I just choose to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Um, But the Bible is saying, this is saying, hey, don't be a cow. Come on, stop being so domesticated and tame. Stop just going with the herd. Every time a storm comes along, every time something happens, why is it we always seem to just turn and try to get away from the storm as fast as possible when we were designed to do the exact opposite? Why is it we always choose to go with everybody else in the culture that we're in rather than recognizing that God's done something different in us? Hey, don't be a cow. The world has enough cows. You, you tracking with me? And look, 1 Peter. Peter says this in First Peter. He says, you are not a cow. Okay, I kind of changed it a little bit, but he said, you are not like that. You are a chosen people. The KJV right there, King James Version says, you are a peculiar people. You're supposed to be strange. We get Jesus in us, and then we do everything we can. We love the salvation and the forgiveness, but then we try to mold our Christian walk in with our current culture and be like everybody else. And I think God is really annoyed with that because he saved us and forgave us of sins to be a peculiar, weird people that sometimes, many times, go the opposite direction of everybody else. You say, well, I never faced any storms. That's because you're always in the herd that's running in the same direction as the enemy. Okay. So you go through storms. We all go through storms, by the way. Just Presbyterian amen. Guys, Presbyterians don't say anything. They just nod. That's, a Presbyterian amen is just this. If I learned a Pentecostal amen, I'd say, give me a Pentecostal amen. And then that says, oh, yeah, it's okay. We've got a Pentecostal now. Um, there's a difference. Y'all got to learn this stuff. Anyway, anyway. You know, we go through storms and I think a lot of times we turn with the herd and we end up going with everybody else and we look to them for solutions to get through the storm we're in and we realize that we've been domesticated by a culture that does not care about us and does not know the direction through the storm. But we keep turning to it. We all face storms. Let me just tell you a few storms real quick that we all face one way or the other. Some of it will have to do with age, some of it will not. But the first one is this relationships relationships we talk about relationships all the time around here and the reason for that is because i know that relationships will either make you or break you It just will and if you are newly saved if you have newly newly come into this relationship with jesus christ um let me let me say and we have a lot of those that's fabulous and you know we did water baptism a few weeks ago and that was ridiculously cool and awesome um but if you're new to this whole thing of following jesus christ let me just give you a little suggestion you might want to weed your friend garden there might be some friends that you're still around and you don't understand why you're not changing and stuff listen the best way to overcome the bad habits and behaviors that you have is to stop hanging constantly around the people that endorse the bad habits and behaviors that you have but I like them they're so much fun And that fun will take you all the way to 201 Poplar. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Look at this verse, Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Listen, if a relationship is not helping you, if it's not making you better, if it's not molding you and shaping you to be more like Christ, just consider that you might want to address that. And that means when you're in a relationship storm and things are doing this, don't be so stinking passive-aggressive. Yeah, come on, we just we just go along with it. Well, I just don't want to ruffle their feathers. I just don't. Buffalo don't ruffle feathers. Buffalo stomp over people. They're just saying, okay, don't do that. But turn. And face the problem. That might be an uncomfortable conversation, but can I tell you something? One uncomfortable conversation can change everything for the better. Yeah. We try to passively aggressive change stuff, and that's just. Has anybody ever put the word passive to a buffalo? Nay, barely not once ever. More death occur in Yellowstone National Park from buffalo than almost any other animal. Did you know that? And it's from stupid people. Who think they're passive because they're just standing there. I'm gonna get me a picture. Hey, Margaret, let's get a selfie with this buffalo. And that bro, it, you know, just snaps like that and just Just They are not passive aggressive. Cows are. So if you don't like the environment of your work situation, if you don't like the environment of your friend group, it could very well be that you have been passively aggressively feeding into the gossip and the spirit of discord that's in that. And then you don't understand why you're no longer enjoying your friend group, why you're no longer enjoying work. It's because you've been feeding into the very thing that it is. How about you just turn around and face the storm, and whoever the person is that's causing a problem, talk to them. Have a, well, I Snapchatted them. Put your phone down. Go have coffee with somebody and say, listen, you're a turd, and we need to work through this. (laughs) This is better preaching than you think it is, whether you like it or not. All right. Let's just move on to the next one. Health. Here's another storm that a lot of people go through is health. And the health thing, it'll hit you sometimes. It might be genetics. It might be like an accident or something like that. You know, There's all different kinds of ways that our health can be affected. But when something goes wrong with your health, turn and face the storm and make some steps to be more healthy. Now, I say that, yes, I recognize that I'm standing in Mississippi. I do. And I'm not saying... All right, South Point, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fast everything that tastes good and just eat grass the rest of our lives. Nope, not interested. I, I'm, just, I'm not saying that, but here's what I am saying. I'm saying this is the only physical body you will ever have. And sometimes we purposefully do things that we know are not good for our bodies, and we could stop, but we do it anyway. It's called being American. Come on, come on. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, when I got to the South, here's something. When I got to the South, I did not know there was this mentality. Like I lived in Michigan, Florida, a different place, And I never heard this concept, but I learned this in the South. There's people right here that use this Bible verse that we're getting ready to read, and they will Bible thump it. You know what Bible thumping is? You just take a verse and just beat people over the head with it. And they take this verse, and I've heard it. I got here, and I've heard this preached. And I've heard people talk about it, and I just laugh. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know? Because that's I'm Bible-thumping. You track it with me? You just track it with Presbyterian? Amen. Still with the talking. Okay. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Hmm. Ha. Oh, who's in you, whom ha. you've received from God? Ha. Can I get a witness in the house? You are not your own; you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Mm-hmm. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Ha. And they hold that verse up and they say that's why you can't get tattoos or piercings or color your hair or anything like that because that's the temple of the. Holy oh, Ghost. Mm-hmm. However, these same people will take that same verse and not feel bad at all about pulling up a chair and pulling an all nighter at the Chinese buffet. <laughs> Just spend days with their face in a plate of kung pao chicken. Just waiting for the owner to come out and say, you'll be here four days. No more fool for you. And you had your belly button pierced. So now it's like a trailer hitch. And they just hook you up and just drag you out. <sighs> Send your hate mail to, that was funny, I don't care who you are, at southpoint.tv. Okay. um, Whatever your health issue is, we all have them at different levels, right? All I'm saying is, come on, it's your only physical body. Just do some things that are in the right direction. Just turn and face the storm that you're facing and charge through it. Do what you can. If that's seeing a doctor, whatever, whatever it is, do what you know to do right. You, you tracking with me? Here's the third one. I know you didn't like the health one. You'll love this one. Um, the third storm we face is money money. We all go through money, storms, in life. There's a dude named Roy Vaden, and he, he wrote this book called Taking the Stairs. And in there, he, he, he introduces us to this thing called the pain paradox. And it's in your notes. This, I, this is just really cool. Um, the pain paradox, it says this, short-term easy leads to long-term difficult, while short-term difficult leads to long-term easy. Now, let me say that again, because this this will, we always want the quick fix, right? Hey, what's a secret? What's this? What's that? Uh, you can do little tricks and quick little things, but can I tell you something? It's just going to cause you more pain down the road. If you do it right, you ever heard this? Do, if it's worth doing, do it right the first time. That, that's really what we're talking about here. Short-term easy leads to long-term difficult. while short-term difficult leads to long-term easy. I see this all the time, especially when it comes to money and tithing in the church. And I say tithing, and some people freak out, and they're like, oh my God, he's just real quick and easy. Listen, tithing simply means 10% of your income. It means bringing 10% in. 10% is the first. the first. We don't give God our leftovers, whatever's left. We give him our first. We give him our first and our best, and we trust him with all the rest. It rhymes, it's easy to remember. Why do we do that? Because God did it first. He gave us his first son, his only son, and his best son, and didn't know how many people would respond to him But he gave it anyway. And so we come and we give our 10% to him. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. And we trust him with the 10% because we're trusting him with the 90%. The reason we struggle trusting him with the 10% is because we don't really trust God with the 90%. And we don't trust God with the 90% because we're struggling managing the 100%. And so he said, Well, God, I don't see how I can do 10%. I just, I'm barely getting by on 100%. How will that work? It's called trust. He said, Do this. And so it's trust, I will do it. Well, that's going to cause a storm. Yeah, there's going to, there will be a little bit of pain when you start it. It's called a pain paradox. But if you can charge into that storm and endure that, can I tell you something? It is so much easier and better down the road when you've established a different budget and you've started giving God the first of the best. Now God is taking care of your 90 and it'll be like nobody's business to give even more. It's just a beautiful cycle, but it's trusting him with our money. Okay, here, here's the fourth one. Here's the fourth storm. And uh, I, think we, I think we go through this all the time. Um, spiritual, we go through spiritual storms. And I actually think this is a storm that I know keeps coming up in my life regularly, and I have to keep just Pushing it away and charging into it and doing what I needed to get over it Um, It's this idea that you come into the church and you meet Jesus and you you start doing these Christian disciplines But you're not seeing the Christian blessings that you think you should get because you're doing the Christian disciplines Does that make sense in other words? I'm starting to behave in a better way, and since I'm starting to behave in a better way, God should be giving me a gold star for this. So where are those blessings? And since I'm not seeing those Christian blessings that I feel like, that I feel like I should be getting, that I must not be doing it right, or it's not working, and so we just quit, and we end up having this thing called a crisis of faith. When I was in my third year of Bible college, I was really smart in my own little world and you know theology and greek and all this stuff all this study and i actually had the mentality that if i did the right christian disciplines i would receive the proper christian blessings so much so um i have i had a girlfriend at the time and thankfully this story works because that girlfriend turned into my wife so that's cool right um anywho um so she lived in Huntsville, Alabama. I lived in Cleveland, Tennessee at college, and I would drive every weekend to see my girl. You know what I mean? It's just, you just every week class would get out and I was gone. Now, that much driving, you need to understand something. It has been, there's a rumor out there that my national driving record might not be the best. <laughs> a rumor's been told that. I could neither confirm nor deny even though it's 100% accurate that my license was even revoked one time for so many speeding tickets. I paid more true story, I paid more in speeding tickets in one week than I made that entire month. So I'm driving to my girlfriend's house. And I'm not completely redeemed of this problem. Let's be honest. I still ain't redeemed of speeding anybody else. I just, that's why I love it. When officers come to church, I'm like, yes, you can come. Can I have your cell phone number so when I get called, pulled over? Um, But I'm driving, and I even had this thought. I thought, you know what? I'm going to play some Christian music. That way I won't get pulled over. No kidding. And so I'm in the car, put a cassette tape in of some Christian music that I didn't really like, but I endured it because let's be honest, it's a Christian discipline. And so I'm driving, listening, and I get pulled over, whoop, whoop, and I'm like, what the, are you not listening to what I'm listening to? And the cop comes up, license and registration, you know, you do all that whole thing, and he goes back to the car, and this is the moment where every one of you, if you've been pulled over, you start praying, don't you? What's he coming back with? Is it a ticket or a warning? You're all praying for a warning. And I earned a warning because I was listening to Christian music. And I said, Lord, Lord, you know, you know my heart, my motives. You know, I was listening to Christian music, whatever. I know I'm not getting a ticket. That joker, Yahoo with the badge, came up there and had the nerve to give me a ticket for my behavior. What? I said, you're giving me a ticket? He was like, yeah. I said, do you not hear the music? He did not, did you know he did not care? I got a ticket. So what did I do after that? I was like, if you ain't listening, then that's fine. So I put in some ACDC and enjoyed the rest of my trip. (laughs) That's a very 100% true story and very silly, but we all do it. We think, God, why did I get in a car wreck when I did my devotions that morning? Why do I have a terminal illness when I go to church every Sunday? Why am I having to go through a divorce when I was faithful? Why is my behavior not lining up with what's going on around me? Here's the deal. Living the life of Christ and following Christ does not insulate you or me from the storms of life. They form us to endure them. And there is a big difference you are a follower of Jesus Christ and if you're gonna follow Jesus Christ it is always head first into the storm don't you turn your tail and run that's not the direction my Savior's going you were made for this you can sit there and whine and cry about the storm you're in but can I tell you something everybody in this room and watching online is going through a storm right now of some kind or shape and if you're currently not Welcome to that small little sliver, because one's coming tomorrow. You're not alone. Stop whining and complaining about how about you stop acting like a cow, turn your butt around, and charge straight into that storm, because you were made for this. You were made for this. When a storm comes at you, sometimes you just need, and, you know, you, get, you can get the stickers out there. They're just for kicks and giggles, little stickers for each animal that we're going to do this during this series. Man, look at that sticker, and you just say, yeah. Speak to that storm. I'm not scared of you. I'm coming straight for you, baby, because I was made for this. I was made for this. So how do you thrive in a storm? Look, real quick, and these really are quick. I know. It always comes down to it. And you guys are like, he's got so many verses and so many more things to say. Real quick. How do you thrive in the storm? It's not just charging into it, it's thriving while you're in it. Here's the first one. Face it, don't run from it. The cows run in fear the buffalo turn and run fearlessly into the storm. In the Bible, and you guys know this, this is like old school stuff, but in the Bible, it says fear not 365 times. Why does it do that? It says that, I just believe, it says that because there is a fear not for every single day of your life. Every day you put your feet on the floor and the storm hits you immediately. Come on, it's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning. Just me? Okay, just me wake up in the morning and that storm is the first thing in my mind and the Holy Spirit whispers every morning fear not I Got you you were made for this I formed you for this Look at some of these verses I won't read all 365. I don't have time. Joshua 1.9 says I have not, have I not commanded you? Come on. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of a cow. That's an encouraging word. Again, all week long, look at your spouse, look at your friends. Stop being a heifer, bro, right? Just just, Okay, don't say that, but don't be a cow. He hasn't given us a spirit of cow. What's he given us? He's given us a spirit of power, 2,000 pounds, charging forward at 35 miles an hour, ready, designed, willing, and able to take on any storm in front of it. Here's the second one. You are free, so live free. You are free, so live free. Galatians 5.13 says this, for you have been called to live in freedom. And as Christians, we always relate this to our forg- uh, the forgiveness of sins, right? I'm free because God has forgiven me and he set me free from sin. And that, that's very true, that's very true. But there's another side to that that we don't talk about very much. And if you'll listen to this one point, if you haven't heard anything else, if you're sleeping, wake your neighbor up right here. I mean, not that I see anybody sleeping, but if you're sleeping, wake your neighbor up because this one thing will change the rest of your life. God has set us free not just from sin he set us free to no longer have to please people people pleasing when you're in that herd mentality and you're going into a storm looking for direction and advice what you're trying to do is keep everybody happy around you at how you go through that storm and that is not biblical Look at this verse. and You say, show it to me in the Bible. Okay, I'm so glad you asked. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 says this. Our purpose is to please who? Who were we not designed to please? People. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Not people. We go through our storms, and even sometimes you even go through a storm and you're trying to please your spouse while you're trying to go through this storm. Can I tell you something? Sometimes you might need to look at your spouse and say, listen, sweetheart, I love you. I really do. I'm going through something right now and I don't need you trying to corral me. I just need a little bit of grace. It goes back to that conversation, having a real, real conversation. Don't be scared to do that. I mean, think about it. We try to please everybody. If Jesus pleased everybody, he would have never been crucified. So why are we constantly trying to do something that Jesus never tried to do himself? Third one, how we doing? Here's the third way you thrive in a storm. Trust in your design and in the designer. The buffalo has been designed for the very storms it goes through. I have a picture on my phone, on my computer, of a buffalo that was taken in uh, Yellowstone National Park and the documentation of the picture and all that it was taken of a buffalo walking through a snowstorm it was 41 degrees below zero and this buffalo is just walking like is this all you got I was made for this I was made for this let me tell you something at the risk of sounding redundant you were made for what you're going through and you got this there's a Christian philosopher I'll share this and then we'll, we'll close out. There's a Christian philosopher named Henry Nowen. And he was, he wrote this in one of his books. He went to like a carnival or a fair or whatever. And there was these trapeze artists. And he just got fascinated with this trapeze artist. The husband and wife, I think they were, but as a man and a woman. And she's flipping, flying through the air. You know, you've seen him and, and catched and thrown and all this stuff. And he got fascinated. he kept going back to the show. He went several times. And then he finally got the opportunity to meet this couple. And he went backstage or whatever. And he was like, I am just so impressed with how you, he's talking to the lady, how you are just able to just let go and fly through the air like that. That is just, it is spectacular to watch you have so much skills and talent. And she said this to him, she said, I'm not the one with the skills and the talent. The man who catches me is the man with the skills and the talent. All I do is fly and flip through the air and all I got to do is get close and i trust that he'll catch me and he always catches me can i tell you something just get close you don't have to be perfect and no you don't have the skills you know i don't either but we serve somebody that says i will never drop you you will never fall you all you gotta do is get close and some of you might say pastor craig i'm not even close i'm the furthest thing away that's okay because we have a thing called a safety net and it's called grace. And even if you go the opposite direction, His grace will still catch you. He will never let you fall. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. It is guaranteed. That's the power of Christ. So if you have that much guarantee, if you can never lose, why would you not head into the storm? Why? Why would you constantly keep trying to please people rather than turning? charging into the storm and following him where he leads after all you were made for this we buy your heads and close your eyes with me for a second let me just pray for you heavenly father i love you so much father i thank you for this moment i tell you what god i thank you so much for the way you've designed us internally you we poorly so poorly we underestimate how you have made us so many times and we freak out about all of our faults and we forget to praise you for what you have put in us and how you've designed us. So you're here this morning and I, there's some of you I want you to get that storm in mind. Some of you are going through a storm right now and it's, it's, it's a gale. It's gale force winds and you're, you're man, being buffeted every step, step of the way. Heavenly Father, I ask that you encourage them today. That you strengthen them. That you let them dig deep this morning. Holy Spirit, dig deep. Let them find that, that buffalo mentality to charge forward because you said you would never, ever tempt them beyond what they could bear and that you would guide them and lead them. in no matter what, that you would turn all things, all things, and make it good if we would just trust you. We love you, Father. And I thank you for your word and your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out with me today And listen, here, let me just encourage you on one little thing today um, Some of you really have a storm in your life that you're really struggling with And I, let me just, as an encouragement, as a charging step forward Just come down here, there's people down here down front to pray with you if you want prayer But if you don't want prayer, that's fine But come down here and write that storm on a piece of paper And stick it to the cross, just as, just as a symbolic act to say, you know what? boom i'm headed straight into this thing and i was made for this and then you got your little sticker on your water bottle or whatever just to remind you it says run into the storm come on we got this why do we got this because jesus lives in us and he's greater than anything in this world all right will you stand with me if you will if you need prayer for anything there's people down front that would love to pray with you also if you're a follower of jesus christ and you want to take communion today there's communion elements down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to partake of all right Let's pray the benediction, and we will charge on out of here. See what I did there? See what I did there? Dad jokes Oh day. Heavenly Father, right now, we just ask that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart, Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, y'all. Love you.